Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. This is the Business of Sports from Bloomberg Radio. Hello, I'm Jason Kelly. And I'm Michael Barr. And I'm Mike Lynch. And here we are, Mondays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays. We're exploring the big money issues in the world of sports. Talk to some of the biggest players in the industry. We're so excited to have with us today Javier Gutierrez. He is the CEO of the Arizona Coyotes, newly minted, newly moved to Phoenix. And, you know, what a time to move to Phoenix. We'll talk about that and much more. He's also notably the first Latino chief executive in NHL history. Javier, really good to have you with us. Congrats on the new role. Congrats on the move. And man, what a time to be taking over this job in this market, in this sport. Give us a state of play. Like, what's your life like right now? So first of all, guys, really, really great talking to you. I really appreciate uh, the time and uh, longtime fan. So was looking forward to this conversation. Um, yeah, you know, really, really interesting time to be uh, to be in Arizona, uh, given uh, all the challenges we're facing with this pandemic. Uh, to be in sports generally, but but certainly the the NHL, uh, given our return to play, and, and also again the the challenges that we've been all trying to manage with the with the pandemic. But I got to tell you, uh, my my family and I, my wife Jerica, my son Javi, were really excited. And just honored uh, to be uh, to be part of this community and to be in this role. And so I, uh, you know, there, I always say there are opportunities in challenges, and certainly we see the opportunity here. And really excited just to be a part of it. Before we continue, I, people joke about, yeah, it's hot, uh, and you know, wherever you are. It's hot as blazes in Arizona, and, and especially right now. How do you deal with uh, the heat at this change? Oh, uh, well, absolutely. You know, I, I keep getting told, but it's a dry heat. That's all <laughs> I, get, I keep getting told. And I said, sure, but again, when the sun is, you know, on top of your head, it definitely has an impact. Um, you know, how do you deal? Listen, um, you, you have really good air conditioning. Uh, both in your house and in your car and in your office, and uh, right now it's it's just been uh, it's been a great opportunity for us to just see new things and and get to meet new people. the The real challenge of this pandemic for us in making this move is that there's so many amazing people who have reached out to me uh, from this community that unfortunately, at best, all I can do is is do a video call and to thank them and to get to know them, but. Um, but people have been very welcoming, very warm, and have been very, very much uh, reaching out to me to to really offer their support and, and their help in, in making me and my family feel welcome. Javier, this is Mike up in, in Boston. Um, I've been out there a couple of times. I know your arena is out next to the football stadium, and it's a little bit of drive from downtown. Is uh, On your to-do list is trying to get a new arena pass, uh, job one? Absolutely. I've I've joked uh, on a number of occasions that I thought the the arena solution, quote unquote, was going to be priority one through five. And 
Alex Morello, the, the owner of the Coyotes, quickly uh, corrected me and said, no, it's priority one through ten for you. So, yes, it is very much top of mind. So, so Mike, you, you being from the Boston area, you know, it's, I've been told it's the equivalent of uh, putting your arena out in Worcester and having yeah. people in downtown Boston try to get there in the middle of uh, a rush hour on a Tuesday night. So it is, it is a bit of a challenge. Um, but, you know, this has been an issue that uh, there's been a number of conversations over the years. I've reengaged all those discussions. And, and truth be told, there's, there's a lot of options. You know, the thing about this market, it is a growth market. There's a lot of both population growth and corporate growth and, and a lot of companies that are either moving and or expanding uh, their footprint here. And so from a corporate uh, perspective, there's a lot of opportunity for business growth. And, uh, and, and clearly, and I'm sure we'll talk about it, this is uh, I've come to see a really, really passionate hockey fan base that, that exists here. And uh, so it's been great uh, from that perspective to look and see that there is a lot of opportunity uh, for us to, to solve this issue and to do what's right by our team, by our franchise, by our fans, by our, our business partners, and, and by our community partners. Well, let's talk about those fans, Javier, if, if we may. <clears throat> Who are they? Where are they? What have you learned about them? And maybe start with what surprised you about the fan base as you got to know the team and the fans? Sure. Well, you know, I, I had heard about the passion uh, that the Coyotes fan base uh, really, you know, has a, a, the beating heart of, of the fans. And uh, it, it, without a doubt, has actually come to fruition in terms of my interaction with them. I've gotten a number of notes and letters and emails and just thanking me for, for you know, coming on board, how excited they are uh, for, you know, the, the continuation of the great things that, that Alex Morello has, has started to do uh, since buying the team about a year ago. And so that has been just uh, overwhelming in terms of the, the positive embrace that I've gotten from these incredible fans. I will tell you, I, I have been shocked, and, and the numbers really bear it out, as to how big a hockey market, especially at the youth level, you have here in Arizona. And uh, I, I was sent a report from USA Hockey that for under eight uh, boys, this is the number one growth market in America. And for under eight girls, it's the number three market. That to me is shocking. Yeah. And yet it is amazing because it really just says the demand is there. We need to, you know, oversupply it. And, and one, of the, one of the things that I've seen here, again, as an opportunity is we need more ice rinks in this market. And we, we, we are looking into opportunities to, to really grow the sport and really meet that youth demand. And as you all know, when you look at the youth, what do you get? You get the parents, you get the family members, you get everybody engaged. And that is uh, one of the several cohorts that I've talked about in terms of the hockey fan in waiting that I'm hoping to tap into. If I may follow briefly on that, Javier. So what as you I mean, listen, you're an investor by training. You do due diligence uh, as a career, as, as a job. It's built in. You model things. I know uh, coming up through private equity and, and investment world as you dig into that growth, like what's underneath it? Is it just the demographics of the city? Is it the folks who are moving to Phoenix? Like what's driving that? 
I think, first of all, it's a very good question. I'm still trying to get my arms around uh, exactly what is driving it. But I think it's a confluence of things. As I said, I think, and I've seen, this is a growth market. And so you are seeing people coming here from yeah. other parts. Um, so that, for sure, is, is a dynamic. But it is also a youthful market, especially when we're now talking about sort of the multicultural, the Latino, the African-American community. It tends to be a youthful market here. And so I, I think it's, it's a confluence of things, um, but it does show something that, that as an investor, as you mentioned in, in, my, in my career, you know, one of the areas that you're constantly looking at is, is there a demand and is that demand growing? Right. And the analysis is that it absolutely is here. And that's something that, that Alex Morello had actually analyzed when he was thinking about uh, acquiring the team. And that uh, now that I've come on board, that I'm looking at and say, great. So the answer isn't I have to manufacture demand. The answer is how do we meet it? And what can we do to expand it? And what can we do to feed into the interest, the passion, and really create a pathway for growth that creates you know, financial stability, financial prosperity, and really, really, really positions us uh, as a successful franchise? We're talking with Javier Gutierrez, the CEO of the Arizona Coyotes. And a barrier broken, long overdue, first Latino chief executive in NHL history. Let's talk about that. What, first of all, what does that mean to you? And what will that mean for the hockey community and trying to get more players into uh, the game uh, of color? Well, listen, I, I first and foremost, and I'm honored, I'm humbled. And, uh, and I'm truly grateful. You know, I'm, I'm following uh, in the footsteps and, and the door that was opened to me uh, by a trailblazer in his own right, and Alex Morello, the first Latino owner in the NHL, um, and, and so many others who have cleared, uh, opened doors and who have said, you know, we need to have diverse faces and diverse individuals at the seats of decision-making, whether it be for capital, whether it be for investment, whether it be for um, sports. And so I am very, very honored and um, I'm excited because I think it is another step that shows um, that we can look out into what the, the future of America, which is today and what it looks like, and to say, hey, there are individuals that can sit at these seats and can tap into these communities and can represent them very well. You know, I, I keep getting asked, do I feel pressure? And I, I keep saying, I don't feel pressure because I look at those that have come before me and I look at those that will come after me. And if I'm able to do uh, just a little bit to inspire that young woman and that young uh, man to say, I could do that, that's something that I could achieve, that to me would be success. So it's, it's very exciting. And when we look at uh, what we'd like to accomplish, one of the things we'd like to do is we want to be at the vanguard of, of looking at what the sports fan in America looks like. And for us, it's an opportunity for us to expand into the youth, into the female fan, and into the, the multicultural fan, the Latino, the African-American. Um, and the NHL is fully committed as a league to do that. And now it's a matter of how best to do that and how do you execute on that plan. 
Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code Radio20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. Javier, the Hispanic community uh, population in the greater Phoenix area is over 40%. I know you had some nephews. I did some research on you that played in Southern California. And the Ducks and the Kings were very good in making connections with the Latino and Hispanic community. What lessons have you learned from them that you may be able to apply in your new job with the Coyotes? Yeah, no, that's that's a great question. And yes, you're right. Uh, I point out really three stories as sort of the the things that I think about as to how we're going to go ahead and execute in terms of reaching out to the Latino community. The first is this story. I have three nephews who grew up in a suburb of Los Angeles. And truth be told, their first love was hockey. And why? Because the Kings and the Ducks decided when the, when they were looking out and say, how do we grow the sport? We're going to go after the youth market. Well, the youth market in Southern California has a very heavy component of Latinos. And so they invested in youth hockey. They did camps. They reached out and they did, you know, the rollerblading, the inline skating, and really that that instilled this love of hockey. Uh, to this day, I, I, I kid around. Luke Robitaille was one of the first people to call me to congratulate me. And I asked him, I said, Luke, h- how do I rip the jersey of your jersey off their back and make them Coyotes fans? And, you know, <laughs> he had a funny line and he basically said, they can be Coyotes fans until they play the Kings. And so that, I thought that was funny. Um, but the other story is, is uh, the other two deal with, one, my hometown of San Jose, California. San Jose is a hockey town. And really the Sharks did an incredible job and have done an incredible job of reaching out to that entire community. So I have friends, Latinos, living in San Jose, who are rocking, you know, the jerseys, right? The Joe Thornton, the the Burns jerseys. They have the bobbleheads. And so people are always asking me, they're like, can Latinos like hockey? I said, I see it. I have friends who this became their sport because it was in their hometown. And then the final thing is I I, I tell the story about me. You know, I I show up at, at Harvard my freshman year. I go to my first game. And you see a game live. You have 3,000-plus fans, you know, packed in a small uh, arena there. And it's fast. It's, uh, the players are skilled, and the fans are passionate. And I just thought it was an amazing, just athletic uh, sporting event to be a part of. And so when I think of all those, you know, three stories, I say that is all possible here in Arizona, and, and truth be told, in other markets that have these large Latino populations, which is pretty much every major metropolitan area in the country, and saying, okay, let's reach out to them at the youth level and really tell them this is something that, that they would enjoy. Let's reach out to the entire community and embrace them as, as fans, and then let's get them into this transformative experience of going to a hockey game and being there. It's, it's one of the few sports that because of the ice, it's almost like you feel you're a part of the game. And so I think those all three things are things that we are absolutely going to focus on. And, and we're gonna, it's going to be key to, to our growth strategy. So, Javier, uh, 
I want to talk about sort of what's going on in the NHL right now. But before we get to that, I, I'm fascinated to know about the conversations that sort of led you to this role with with Alex. Was this one of these things? It's like, yeah, of course, like this is a natural next step in my career. Or was it more complicated than that? Tell us about those conversations. Sure. Yeah, that's uh, they were many conversations. Yeah. Let's start with that. But um, no, Alex and I have known each other for a decade. Um, I used to be the chief investment officer of his holding company. Right. And so we had done deals for about seven plus years. I then moved on to a private equity firm based in Southern California, actually started by my roommate from graduate school. But but Alex and I still maintained our, our business relationship. We're, we're co-owners in a community bank in Southern California. And I was very excited for him and his family. I knew that sports ownership was something that he was very focused on and, and really wanted to be be involved in. And so when he bought the team, I was obviously thrilled for him. And almost immediately, he started out talking about his vision and, and what he thought was possible and, and where he thought the growth area was. And in particular, he also commented about how much he loved Arizona and how the people were so warm and welcoming and, and really you know embraced him and his family with open arms. And then, of course, the natural conversation turned into, well, so what would you do? And what, what are your thoughts? Mm. And, and we began having those o- over time. To me, I think it was really a, t- a two-pronged approach that he took. The first was obviously, here's the business opportunity, um, which included obviously solving the arena issue. And, and I, you know, in another lifetime, uh, used to be a partner at a real estate private equity firm. So I had managed institutional capital to make investments in large real estate projects around the country. So so I know that industry uh, well. Um, so we, we talked a lot about the business opportunity and the growth and the, the corporate sponsors and, and being, you know, at the forefront of bringing capital and investment firms into this market. But the second, and this goes back to a previous question in terms of, you know, what I think about me as in this historic sort of hire, is the opportunity to utilize sports as a platform and as a voice to make an impact on communities. And Alex knew that at this point in my career, having been in the investment sort of uh, business for about 20 plus years, that I wanted to also really utilize my business platform to really get involved and, and focus on being a voice and focus on opening doors and engaging in these conversations that that are challenging and are difficult uh, conversations such as how do you bring uh, individuals of color into positions of decision-making authority? How do you ensure that all communities are, uh, are economically empowered? Uh, I've shared my story that I am an immigrant from Mexico and I've been able to live the American dream. And I really want to be involved in opening doors and pathways to allow others to live their American dream, especially when it comes to the issues of economic opportunity mm. and economic empowerment. And so Alex knew those things were all very important to me. And he really said, listen, um, the Coyotes, sports in general, um, they are community assets. And this allows you to really be engaged with the community on those levels and be a part of the solution. So to me, it was it was a little bit of of what you might not have expected uh, because I am a huge uh, sports fan, um, but it wasn't so much the sports argument as it was the business and the opportunity to make an impact. Let me ask also about positions because you mentioned about that. You got to have positions, and what I mean by that is, with the COVID nineteen pandemic that's going on, many other sports have had to cut back 
uh, on their jobs. Uh, F1 has cut back on their jobs. Many soccer clubs have cut back uh, on on team jobs. Uh, can the NHL survive this and 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 continue to grow and and have a prosperous uh, next season or later this season? So the short answer is yes, and I always point out to one fact: it's because fans love the sport. And ultimately, when you start with the passion that fans have for the sport, that they they're yearning for this. And, and we see it now, uh, just after the announcement of the return to play. Um, I've had so many uh, fans reach out and say, "We can't, we can't wait to see you guys back on the ice." And obviously, we're we're going into the postseason for the first time in eight years, so it's it's got an added. Um, an added focus there uh, that people are excited about. Um, but you're right. These are very challenging times, and, and not just for sports, but, but for business in general. And so uh, we as, a, as an organization had to make some very difficult decisions. We did have to furlough individuals. We did have to reevaluate what our, what our structure looks like in terms of the amount of personnel. But, but the reality is that hockey, the NHL, professional sports in general, um, we're anchored by the passion of our fans and the interest of our fans. Now, we will probably have to adjust. And, and I keep telling folks, every day is new. We're iterating as we go to say these are unprecedented times. I'm, I'm, it's almost a cliche at this point that it's unprecedented uh, because every day is unprecedented. Um, but you have to adapt. And for me, one of the things that I'm very focused on is creating a model sports franchise, but a, but a long-term, financially prosperous and stable business enterprise. And so part of that is, is unfortunately, making some very difficult decisions that do have an impact on personnel. Uh, but the goal is to make sure that this organization is on solid financial footing through this pandemic, in the recovery, um, and, and into the future. Javier, in one of your interviews with Sports Illustrated, you were asked about the, uh, uh, your, your plan, your model plan, and your answer was, go where the puck is going. So where is the puck going right now in July 2020? Sure. Um, well, I, I, you know, what I was alluding to, obviously, there was how, how do we go after the, the hockey fans in waiting, right? Okay. And even in right now, July in 2020, as we prepare for our return to play, uh, we are very focused on not only serving our existing fan base, which is incredibly rabid and passionate, but beginning that conversation of reaching out to the entire community and, and unveiling uh, a marketing campaign and an outreach campaign that we hope uh, will resonate with the, the casual sports fan uh, and, and the sports fan that may not have uh, may not have been targeted in the past. And so to me, the, 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 where the puck is going is being at the forefront of what the sports fan in America is, is looking like. And, and in particular, as I mentioned earlier, looking at the, the youth, looking at the Phoenix sports fan and looking at the multicultural sports fan and, and in this market in particular, the Latino sports fan. And so I think that that will be a very key component as we look to not only return to play, but as we look to really execute on a growth strategy. 
Well, this has been a real treat for us. Uh, Javier Gutierrez, CEO of the Arizona Coyotes. Uh, we're so grateful for you spending some time early morning there. Uh, you're still adjusting to that no change of the uh, no change of the clocks situation there uh, in Phoenix, plus the heat, which we talked about. And you really can't ever talk too much about the heat uh, in Phoenix. Good luck with the season. Uh, and we hope you'll keep in touch and uh, let us know how it's all going. Because as you have uh, so nicely laid out, a lot of big opportunities there uh, in that market. So we really appreciate you spending some time with us. Hey, guys, thanks so much. I really enjoyed this and uh, happy to come back anytime and, and continue the dialogue. So good luck and uh, stay safe. All right. You thanks, too. Thanks, Javier. You too. Thank you. All right. You can catch our podcast right here every Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday. I'm Jason Kelly on Twitter. Find me at Jason Kelly News. Get ready. Later this week, we're going to sit down with Cincinnati Reds ace Trevor Bauer. He's got some hot takes, Michael Barr. Oh, hot Michael Barr at Big Bar Sports. Oh, i got to be ready for this. And I cannot wait for that one. I'm Mike Lynch. You can find me at Lynchy WCBB. You're listening to Bloomberg Business of Sports from Bloomberg Radio around the world. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival.